gift of Christ is beyond description. Everything about it. If you've experienced him, and I've asked you that question, if you have a relationship with him at least, if you have a relationship, you've experienced him. And if you've experienced him, then you found out there's more gifts with Christ than just one. Amen. Amen. Uh, abundant. The next best gift that God gave mankind next to Christ is the great gift of the ability to have faith in Christ. Mm. If you don't have faith in Christ, you don't have Christ. Amen. If you have not faith in God alone, you don't have anything really. I'm grateful this morning for the faith that God has given us. Amen. Though it may be but a measure, as the Bible declares. But as I've stated before, that measure, I believe, can grow. Amen. It can multiply. It can become other than. And I believe that's the way God intended it, although I know there is argument for that. God gave you a little bitty seed of faith, and that's all he gave, and that's all he's ever going to give you. Well, maybe so, but what we do with it is what makes the difference. Amen. Amen. What we do with our faith. What we do with our faith. Thank you, Jesus. What we, I don't know about you, but it's here. <laughs> what we do with our faith in Christ makes the difference. Amen. Go to Romans with me. You there? Amen. Right there. All right. In the first chapter, matter of fact, Romans is the first letter of Paul, or Paul's authorship in the Word. Of his 13 epistles, Romans is first. And Paul here is pronouncing to at least the world before him at the time the goodness of God. He's proclaiming the goodness of God through the power of Jesus Christ. We call it the gospel. The gospel. The first chapter in beginning with verse number 15. I like the way Paul puts it here in midstream of chapter 1. Of course it wasn't chapter 1. Here in the beginning of his writing. He says, so as much as in me is, I am ready. Hmm. To preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. I like that. I'm ready. Amen. I'm ready. Amen. I'm ready to preach the gospel to you, Rock Harbor. We're not as big as Rome. Rome was a metropolis that day. Paul was empowered of the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel of Jesus. He was ready to go. He was ready to deliver. He was ready to give those that would listen and those that would hear of the wonderful gospel of Jesus. Matter of fact, he said in verse 16, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Amen. And we shouldn't be either. Amen. Amen. Neither should we be ashamed to it. I'll let you have that and you can take it home with you. We should neither be ashamed to it. Certainly not be ashamed of it, but not be ashamed to it. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. 
The gospel of Christ is the power, the power of salvation to everyone that believeth. This small phrase in Paul's writing here contains a magnanimous amount of power. Because of the belief or the faith that we can tie to our faith in Christ, then we have this kind of power of the gospel that Paul's talking about. We've been given a great gift in this, this gospel, not, not just a book in your hand, although we refer many times to the Bible or the Holy Bible as the gospel. We also know that the gospel in, in, in totality is everything Jesus is. The cross may look small, and to many people I know it's totally insignificant to anything, especially in the day we're living in. But the cross is a, a representation of the gospel of Christ. Not a representation of doom and disaster, but a representation of the power of God. Amen. The power of salvation in Jesus Christ. That is the gift we've been given. We've been given that gift of faith that we can connect it to what God did in order that we could live and experience the glory, the sheer glory of who God is and everything that Jesus brought to deliver us that we can live it and experience it. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. You're talking about a gift. See, because without that thing called faith, you can never connect to Christ unless you turn it loose or you apply it or you let it go. There's going to be a gap. Until you within you bring yourself to the place and the point and the time and moment or whatever and say I'm going to connect my faith with what God has already given I thought Brother Tanner was going to preach my message this morning <laughs> he was all over faith and I'm back here and I'm saying hold on hold on alright he was laying the groundwork for those of you who were here faith is enormous and you know Jesus said if you have a faith the size of a mustard seed it can do great things right Basically, he wasn't saying keep your faith the size of a mustard seed because we know what a seed can do when it's planted Amen. when you plant your seed of faith in, in the gospel garden so to speak of God Almighty and, and let it take root and grow there's great things coming your way there is a magnitude of power coming your way the gospel is a powerful thing. The gospel enables us to live a powerful life. The gospel is a gift because it is the gift of God through Jesus Christ, His Son. Woo! Amen. Amen. It's Christmas time year round. Woo! Amen. Not just one day. Amen. And you don't have to go pay money for it. <laughs> you don't have to go in debt for it. Your debt's been paid Amen. on that cross. Amen. Amen. What God has offered us is free. We just got to connect our faith to what God says in His Word and apply it and let it enter our life and begin to live it. Praise the Lord. Hmm. God, we're great. It's the power. The power of God and the salvation of everyone that believe. Believe this morning? Amen. Is your believer working? Believing, listen, believer is connected to faith. you got to have a believer before faith can operate. What did James say? 
faith alone is dead. You got to put what to it? Works. Let it operate. Put it in gear. Get it out of neutral, and let's go. It'll take you somewhere. Faith will take you places you never thought you could go. It's already, if you're saved this morning, it's already brought you to the place you probably never thought you could go. Or never thought you would. I've seen it right here. I've seen, I've been here for many, many years. I've seen people come down that aisle. Praise God. Amen. They arrived. They might not have even arrived for the point of salvation, but they arrived, and guess what happened to them? Conviction started to flow, and all of a sudden I look up, and they're coming down the altar. Praise the Lord. Woo! Anybody here? Uh-huh. Has that happened to anybody here? Come on. Amen. Faith to the word. Connected faith to the word of God. And still are. Hmm. How many times since that point in your life have you seen faith continue to operate? Amen. Because you exercise it. And I use the term while going. I, I like to use it. Turn it loose. Turn your faith loose. There's no limits to the power of the gospel. Amen. When you turn your faith loose to it. When you take the word into you and you apply your faith to the word of God. And you trust in God that what he says is true and real. And it cannot be a lie. Because God does not lie. But when we connect our faith to the promises of his word. Then he brings it into reality. Verse 17. For therein, and it's talking about therein, being in the power of God to salvation. That's what he's talking about when he says therein. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Are you the just? How do you know you are the just? Who are the just? Those that have trusted in God. Those that have accepted Christ. Those that have applied Him in their lives. Those that whose confidence is in the Lord. Those are the people that what? Live by faith. Live by faith. Paul's term there actually comes out of the book of Habakkuk. Chapter 2, verse 4. Paul simply reciting what the prophet long ago said before Paul ever wrote it in Romans. I want to take you there. Take you a minute to find it. Go back in your Old Testament there towards the end of Minor Prophets. Look up Habakkuk. I want you to see it. It's in between Nahum and Zephaniah. If you get close to one of those, it's in between them. Bible's got a handy little reference in the front of it. Just look it up and it starts with an H. That's a hint. <laughs> Add back up. It'll give you a page number. All right. Everybody right. Amen. Amen. Haven't given it to you yet. <laughs> I think I, I think yeah, I'll do chapter two, I'm sorry. The back was a prophet of God living in a day long before Paul again ever wrote what he did there in Romans. 
Habakkuk's ministry covered a period of time where Judah was absolutely dying because of spiritual decay. There was rebelliousness against God. There was sin everywhere. There was just calamity after calamity of the spiritual kind. I'm setting the stage for you to kind of be able to see what was going on here in Habakkuk's day. And, and he began to question God. And he's wondering, as a matter of fact, he says it in, in verses, in the latter part of chapter 1 before verse number 2 where we're going to go to. He basically says, I'm going to set me up a watch and I'm just going to wait and see what God's going to do about all this. And understand that Habakkuk here, he, he's, he's got proper questions. Because he's seeing his country decay before him. He's seeing everything take place and go on that... That, that he knows is at some point in time is going to bring the judgment of God about. I mean, in this day, that's what happened. You didn't get by with things forever, God. When he said enough's enough, you don't you don't ever want to hear God say enough's enough. No. I want to hear him say, Welcome. Amen. Faithful servants. So, Habakkuk here in the second chapter, matter of fact, it's in verse 1, what I just stated, I'll read it. I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me, he being God, and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Then he says, and the Lord answered me. God will answer you. God will show you things. He answered me, he says, and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables, upon something that can be engrafted with word that don't just say it, catch it here. He said, write it. He's written it. We've got it. We've got it here in our word. In other words, I don't want this to dissipate away just at some hearing. Write this down. And he turns it with like this. He says that he may run that readeth it. That he that readeth it may take it places. That he may go further with it. That he may convey the word of the Lord. Is it that important? The word, not a bunch of garbage, not a bunch of hype, but the word of the Lord is what needs to be conveyed. That's what needs to be conveyed in the day we're living in. The truth of God. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Not opinions, not fancy stuff, but the basic truth of God. The gospel. That's what he's saying. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Habakkuk didn't understand everything about God, and we don't either, do we? He didn't understand how God worked. He didn't know really all the things about God's judgment and how long it was going to take God to catch up and take care of this that was taking place. We don't either, do we? Neither can we help what is going on. It's too big. We can pray. It's not like we're totally hopeless because prayer is powerful, right? Why you hear the urgings all the time. Pray for your nation. Pray for your leaders. Pray that they'll get God in their life. Amen. Yeah. 
And don't worry that it's going to offend somebody. Amen. Amen. When you worry about your prayer, if it's proper prayer, God wrought, Bible based, don't worry that it's going to offend somebody. Just pray. Habakkuk said, he said, I'm just going to, I'm going to get me a place here and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to observe and I'm going to watch and I'm going to see. And we've already read it. God answered it. Except for the vision, I'm reading again, is yet for an appointed time. It's not for your time. It's for an appointed time. Down the road. You ever wonder what's going to happen tomorrow? You ever try to figure out what's going to happen tomorrow? You ever try to figure out what God's going to do tomorrow? Has anybody been successful yet? No. Why? Because we don't know the future, do we? Well, we kind of do. If you read the book. Yeah. But I'm talking the mess. You said that this morning. The mess. <laughs> what are we going to do about this mess? What are you going to do about this mess, God? Are you going to do it now? Are you going to fix it now? He said it's yet for an appointed time. I don't know if he's saying you don't need to know. You know, if we really did know the future, man, it'd be a bigger mess than it is now. Amen. He said it's for an appointed time. The vision is yet for an appointed time. The vision. Remember that word. The vision. You're, you ever envision something? Maybe something that you hope's going to be, but you envision it? You said the vision. The vision God. When God presents a vision, it is a vision. It is something that's real, okay? Amen. It's not a dream. We know dreams sometimes aren't real, though. Or at least the elements and contents of them are not. Sometimes they are. They're spiritual dreams. You ever have a spiritual dream? Amen. God ever reveal something to you? You know where it come from? Absolutely. So the visions for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak. At the end it shall speak. You know the prophets, including Habakkuk and all the prophets. They reflected upon, and sometimes it might have been just a brief prophecy. Sometimes it was an extensive one we would know as chapters of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even in their day, they never got to see him. They never got to see at least the time when Jesus came to this earth. And we know scripturally how he came. That's the reason for the season that we're getting ready to celebrate. We know how he came. We know how he was crucified, how he died, how he gave his life, bled his blood, surrendered his life for us so we could have forgiveness, don't we? For what reason? So we could jump up and down and clap our hands and say, oh, well, no, to allow us a relationship with God himself. Sometimes we don't get that. If I don't ever get anything for Christmas or any other Christmas from this day forth, praise God, I've got a relationship with Him. That is plenty good enough. Hallelujah. The greatest gift I can ever receive that came through the cross, that came through Jesus, the gospel, the power of the gospel of the salvation of Jesus Christ. He said, Habakkuk, it's not for you yet to see. But at the end, it's going to speak. Love it. If God says something, it happens, right? Amen. Sometimes we expect the right now. Sometimes we expect the next moment. I want to know. 
I gotta know. Said no. And not lie. And not lie. God's word never lies. Amen. Even in God saying to Habakkuk, the vision is for another time. Even though he says at the end it shall speak, and he hasn't said what it is yet, that it's for an appointed time or what it is that's going to speak, it's still not a lie. It's God and his sovereign ability to perform the promises of his word that he's given unto us to to maintain and keep the covenant that he has with people who confess him and will believe and trust and place their confidence in him. We know them as the just. The just. And I'll extend that a little bit. There's a lot of people who love to label themselves. There's a lot of people in churches that love to label themselves. But just because one labels himself just does not make them so. That relationship, that trusting, confiding relationship with God through Jesus Christ and walking and living that is what creates one to be just. Right? Though it tarry. Though it don't happen right now. Though it don't pop up just around the corner. Though it doesn't present itself in five minutes or five days or five years or 500 years. Wait for it. What's that signify? Think about it. What does wait for it signify? For the word of God to come to fruition even for your prayers. How many of you have prayed prayers that you hadn't seen the results of yet? Did you quit praying just because of that? No. Wait for it. What's it telling us? What do you got? What do you got to have? Faith. No, you don't see it yet. No, you haven't heard it yet. But even though, wait for it. We don't like to wait, do we? Let's go back to Christmas. <laughs> How many little dabblers you got that you got know, something happened to that present? Paper's gonna go. Even little adult dabblers, huh? Yeah. Can't wait. In God's case, we got to wait. Yeah. Yes. Now we've already been given great gift Jesus. We don't have to wait on that one. But see, put yourself in the back Habakkuk don't know, and God's saying it's it's down the road. It's in the future. But I think God's really trying to say, it's I'm in control, okay? Amen. It might not happen today. It might not happen tomorrow. You might not hear it. But keep the faith. Hmm. Good lesson. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. that's pretty profound let me read that again because it will surely come 
You think God's word is going to surely come? Amen. Do you have that belief in your heart? Amen. Do you have it planted well and firm within you that what God says is true and real and it is going to happen? Amen. And it is going to come? Amen. Jesus came, didn't he? They prophesied. They never saw. They never got to experience his coming, but they prophesied it again, as I've already spoken long ago, multiple prophets, multiple times. And God fulfilled what he said was going to happen, even though they didn't get to see it. Uh-huh. Amen. God said in verse 4, said, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. Here's back to Habakkuk's observations of this society that he's having to deal with. You see the basic problem here? Lifted up is what? Proud. Proud in their sins. Proud in their rebellion. Don't care just as long as I get what I want. Long as I have my pleasure, long as I have my way. And Habakkuk has observed this. That's why he's talking to God. He that is proud, listen to what he says. Or he says it in the way his soul is lifted up in him, is not upright in him. I know that. God says, I know that. We kind of see the same thing, don't we? We see things and activity going on and sin running rampant that we know isn't right, don't we? Yes, we do. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we want a quick remedy right now. Yeah. Because I'm tired of this mess yes. thing. I guess we could say it like this. When God gets tired of it, he'll deal with it. Amen. But if we spend all of our energy worrying about it and toiling it up and just wearing ourselves out with it, just wait for it. Do you know what's coming? Yes, we do. Because God's Word says what's coming. But it hasn't happened yet, has it? No. It's the end result of the work of the cross. Jesus came. He gave him himself, as was prophesied long ago. God's plan and perfection. It might not look like perfection. It might not have sounded like any. How could it be perfection in this? There's a man beat to a pulp hanging on a tree with a crown of thorns on his head. How could that be anything God did? That was God's plan. That was God's purpose. For guess who? That we could receive the greatest gift that's ever been given. A place called eternal life. Amen. What a gift. You see me reference the cross a lot. I'm glad we got one sitting there. It makes it real handy. Amen. I think we need to get a at least a symbolism where we can look over and say, hmm. 
And we'll never all, we'll never understand all that took place there. We never will. We can turn, but there's there's so many things, and I found this out of some things I've been doing lately. And I think I've mentioned it here. There's just some things that can't be described by words. You can't tell me that the things Jesus experienced in himself when he was crucified can be described by words. It can only touch the surface. And it doesn't do a very good job of that in itself. The pain, the torment, the agony of the sins of the world, yours and mine and everybody else that's ever lived, you can't put descriptive terms on that. God knew what was going to happen. He knew what it was going to take. And he planned a time for that to happen. Yes, they prophesied of it long ago, and it happened. God gave the world a gift. Some didn't receive it. Some still don't. But when we receive that gift by faith, and it's the only way you can receive it. You can receive it mentally as a thought. That don't work. You can receive it as some intellectual concept. That don't work. It will not work until you connect your faith with it. Amen. Faith in Christ. And when we have faith in Christ, we have everything available to us that Christ is. That power that Paul was talking about to the Romans. Power. Continuing with the back. Let's finish up with this. Verse 4. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by his faith. What in the world does that mean? Regardless of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah, there's people that are just absolutely acting well, there's no descriptive terms. Okay? <laughs> there's no there's no definition, there's no descriptions left. It, there really isn't. You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. They've gone to extremes. Even though they have. The just shall live by faith. Keep walking in the confidence of God. Amen. Amen. Keep walking with a total trust in God. Keep believing God's in total control. Even though the way it looks, that He isn't. Oh, let me tell you. Oh, yeah, He is. There's a lot of people that would like to believe he isn't. Mm-hmm. Come on. Shake their fist in his face. We're going to do what we want to do. We're going to act like we want to act. We're going to rebel. We're going to even hate you. It's kind of funny sometimes they talk to a God they don't even believe in. Amen. <laughs> Shake their fist at somebody they don't even believe exists. Yeah. I guess it makes them feel brave. I don't know. I'm not going to feel brave one of these days if yeah, they don't man. get changed. I'm hoping they do, and I'm praying they do. I mean, we should not want any soul burning hell. We should not. The just shall live by his faith. Let's leave Habakkuk. 
faith and the belief that Paul is talking about and what God was saying to Habakkuk where we just came from is the mainstay of a relationship with God. Without faith, you can't enjoy God. Without faith, you can't come to know God. Term used here, all used here a moment ago in verse 17 was the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. From faith to faith. It's kind of a different way of putting it. What's he talking about? You have faith in God? Amen. Then you have faith in Jesus. You have faith in Jesus? Then you have faith in what happened on the cross. If you have faith in what happened on the cross, then you have faith that when he went to that grave, what happened? Three days later, if you got faith, what happened? You can't just talk it. You can't just say it. you got to believe it, right? Amen. That faith has got to be planted firmly in you. He rose from the dead. Amen. What happened? Amen. Amen. God's Word declares it. No, I didn't see it. Did you see it? Did you hear it? Were you there? But how do we receive it? By faith. By faith. By faith. Connect God's word to your faith. What happened when you believed it? Did your life get changed? Amen. Amen. When you accept it? Yes. How did you accept Jesus? Just because you said you did? No, because that inside of you that God said is the faith I've given you connected with that and you became what? Saved gloriously. Amen. Anybody here saved gloriously? When we place our trust firmly in Christ, faith to faith, it goes all kinds of places and all kinds of ways. I've talked about deliverance. You have faith in Christ, you have faith in the cross, you have faith in the resurrection. What thereafter? Faith that I can be delivered? Amen. That I can be healed? Amen. That I can be set free? Amen. Amen. That I can receive? Amen. Don't tie the reception thing to worldly stuff. This is a total spiritual platform here. I know the, I know the world's tied this season to worldly stuff. That's no secret. We all know that. But if your faith rests in what you've got, like I said this lately, you're in trouble. If your faith rests in what you've got, you're in trouble. Yeah. But if your faith rests in who you've got, you're doing fine. Come on, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You're doing eternally fine. Lord. In the 11th chapter of Hebrews, let me finish up here in just a minute. It's very familiar. Scriptures. Paul, been talk Paul talks faith all through his writings. Uh, Amen. 
now. You see faith in the Old Testament, all through the writings. Hebrews actually give definitive terms here, at least explanatory terms of those who live by faith and what their rewards were. He names them. I'm not going to read it this morning, all of it. But God declares that this is the, this is the result of faith. Now what is faith? What is the faith Paul's talking about? What is the faith that God talked about that God told the back to, to just walk with faith, to live with faith? Just live with faith. Paul added in Corinthians, I believe, was by the way, not the side. Walk with faith, not the side. Second Corinthians five second Corinthians five seven, I believe. What's that mean? We walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. Yeah. Amen. If you can hold something in your hand that you have faith in, that's not faith. Because you already got it. If whatever you got is where you put your faith, that's not faith because you've already got it. Things unseen. Not by sight. And I'm going to say this yet. We walk by faith here. Amen. We have to. Why? Because we don't have it yet. If you've already got it, it's not faith. So we walk by faith, right? Amen. Could you say in everything? Amen. Me, everything? As far as your Christian religious experience, you're walking by faith, right? Amen. Now you might have been given a few things. God might have provided and supplied and granted you a few things because of your faith. But I'm talking about we literally have to walk in faith just like the Bible said. Not the sight. Because sight being, I can look and I can see it. Therefore, it's not faith. It's not faith produced. But you see, one of these days, this thing's going to flip upside down. And we're not going to have to walk with faith anymore. We're going to walk beside it. Amen. Amen. Because if we maintain our faith and hold true, guess who we're going to get to see face to face? Amen. Here by faith, there by sight. None of us have seen any of the glories of heaven, have we? But one day we're going to get to. Amen. We have faith here that what Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you and that where I am, I may take you and you can be also. I'm going to come back and get you. Amen. you believe that? Yes. Where's he going to take you to? Are you going to take you to that place that's been prepared? Have you seen it yet? No, none of us have. But we're going to. Amen. <laughs> we're going to. How do we know we're going to? That's the faith. Because God's word says it, my faith connects to it. And guess what? I'm going. Can't nobody tell me no different. I'm going. chapter Hebrews verse number one says now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen not seen Amen. the evidence of the substance of things hoped for in a way that means the reality now consider that you got a substance what's a substance it's just I think it's kind of just a little bit of something isn't it? When, you, when you hear substance but if you if you if you gather up the real definition, it's reality. Well, how's it reality if I can't see it? Because when you connect faith in this principle, uh -huh. 
It is real. Even though you can't see it. Amen. The evidence of things hoped for. This is where it basically becomes a conviction in your life. Faith becomes a conviction. That's how you walk. That's how you talk. That's what you believe. That's how you act. That's your total makeup is faith. Substance of things. Hmm. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. Amen. A conviction of reality even when you... <laughs> See? Even when it don't look real. But you know it's real because God said it's real. Yeah. Yes. Man, faith is powerful. Amen. It's powerful. We're closing up. How many times have I said that? I read. <laughs> it's real. It's real this time. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm. Turn faith loose. Mm. Turn it loose. Don't reserve it like it's just some little bitty tiny small something that you had a little bit of one time and that's all you'll ever have. No. Let, let your life live it. Be a walking, talking creature of faith. This is the declaration of God. Mm, amen. We've got a declaration of independence. We, as Americans, we've got a constitution. But have you seen how that can be treaded on lately? Yeah. I'm going to tell you, anything made by man can be cut to pieces and trampled. Amen. It can be stolen and destroyed. Yep. And every concept of it along with it. Not this one. Amen. It shall be. Yeah. In the end, you shall see it, and you shall hear it. Yeah. So saith the Lord. Yeah. Tidy up your faith. Dwell on that. Express it to God. Well, he kind of knows mine's little, or he knows it's pretty good size. Tell him anyway. He loves to hear from you. Amen. Other than just on Sundays. The more you talk to God, the more faith will be generated. Amen. Come on. Would you stand?